Hi, this is Greg Warren, and you are listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, years ago, comedian Tracy Ashley wanted to leave her day job and pursue her dream of doing stand-up comedy full-time, but she didn't know exactly how to do that. So coincidentally, she spoke to a friend of this very podcast, and he gave her some advice. And he talked to me about, you know, how he did it and what I had to do, and I said, when do you know that it's time to do it, to go full-time? He said, when you can't stand it anymore. We'll hear more about what that comedian told Tracy and find out who that comedian was in just a few minutes. We also have an exciting announcement finally at the end of the show. And this will be of particular interest to people in the Cleveland area, uh, also Indianapolis and some other Midwestern towns, and uh, maybe people around the world who also enjoy American culture. So stay tuned for that. We also uh, discuss uh, a little Facebook rant I had in an, ex- in an extended version of Facebook, not Factbook. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. A Penn State sorority has become the focus of an investigation after a racist Mexican-themed party picture was posted on the Internet. The picture shows the women dressed in sombreros and mustaches. Some of the women are holding up signs that read, We'll mow lawn for weed and beer, and I don't cut grass, I smoke it. The girls later went to a frat party, which they drove to in one station wagon. Jessica Riccardi, the president of the New Gamma chapter of Chi Omega, said that the sorority is under investigation. Riccardi also issued an apology, adding, Our chapter of Chi Omega sincerely apologizes for portraying inappropriate and untrue stereotypes. We know that not all Mexicans wear sombreros. I don't think she gets it. After much consideration and soul-searching, the Big Bang Theory star Mayim Balak announced that she and husband Michael Stone are divorcing after nine years of marriage. Balak also says that the split is not due to the attachment parroting she discusses in her book Beyond the Sling. Her young sons sleep in the same bed as the couple. Balak is looking forward to having two loving households for her kids, and her soon-to-be ex-husband is looking forward to finally getting laid. Hundreds gathered at Seattle Center for a New Year's Eve-style countdown to 12 a.m. this past week when the measure legalizing marijuana passed by voters last month took effect in Washington state. When the clock struck 12, they cheered and sparked up in unison, only to be ticketed for smoking within 30 feet of a public building. Aww. Buzzkill. Unseasonable warmth across the country this week likely has sealed the deal. 2012 will go down as the warmest year in U.S. history, according to data released Thursday by the National Climatic Data Center in Nashville, North Carolina. We are very certain of this, reports Climate Center scientist Jake Crouch. So far this year, the USA has had a national average temperature of 57.1 degrees, 3.3 degrees above average, and a full degree above the previous warmest year, which was 1934, 14 years before Al Gore was even born. NBC News reports that Syria's military has loaded nerve gas chemicals into bombs and is awaiting final orders from President Bashar Assad. U.S. officials confirmed Wednesday to NBC that bombs had been filled with precursors for deadly sarin, but that they had not yet been loaded onto planes. On Tuesday, officials said that there was no evidence that the process had begun. But President Obama warned that there would be grave consequences for using such weapons. Added a White House official, we invaded the crap out of Iraq and they didn't even have chemical weapons. We just thought they did. Apple will begin manufacturing computers in the United States next year, says CEO Tim Cook, marking a shift in perhaps the most criticized element of the company's beloved gadget empire. 
We've been working for years on doing more and more in the United States, Cook said in an interview with Brian Williams on NBC's Rock Center, scheduled to air Thursday. In 2013, Apple plans to start building a facility, hiring workers, and installing suicide nets. The Duchess of Cambridge, who is less than 12 weeks pregnant, was released from the hospital Thursday morning after being treated since Monday for a debilitating form of morning sickness. She is reportedly doing much better. Uh, Buckingham Palace did not say when she would return to doing her royal duties, but doctors prescribed a laxative, so it should be soon. The barefoot, apparently homeless man depicted in a widely publicized photo of a New York police officer offering him a pair of socks and boots is not really homeless, according to the head of a city agency. Aha! Why doesn't the liberal Obama-loving mainstream media report this? There's more. Seth Diamond, commissioner of the New York City Department of Health and Human Services, said that Jeffrey Hillman has been on the city's radar for years. He has housing, and that's one of the most important elements for a stable lifestyle, Diamond told CNN. Oh. And that's been Fake News with me. It's time for another edition of... It's Facebook, not Factbook. I haven't been too political on Facebook since the election because, you know, quite frankly, I'm worn out. But um, I do see things occasionally, and uh, I, I will comment on them here and there. And uh, uh, there was a fellow who I'm Facebook friends with, and uh, he's a friend of the podcast. I, I won't say who, but if you go back through the episodes, uh, you'll probably quickly be able to figure out who it is. Anyway, he posted uh, on December 3rd, which I believe was Monday, uh, quote, here's an interesting idea to raise revenue and stimulate the economy. Why not lower taxes and encourage the world's millionaires to move here? Well, okay, we can talk about that. That's not really a bad idea because taxes in Europe are a little higher, uh, particularly in places like Denmark, where ironically they also have the lowest wage disparity. But um, yeah, you know, bring the money here. And my point was, and I commented that he posted this on Monday, and I believe it was Tuesday by the time I um, commented on it, I said, uh, well, that's fine as long as they don't sit on the money. And uh, this fella posted back, well, you know, PF, that's that's silly. You can't sit on money. And so I <laughs> posted some, I started getting sucked in at this point. I posted uh, a link to Yahoo, which actually reposted to a CNBC um, to a CNBC article saying that businesses are sitting on billions of dollars of cash. So he fires back, oh, Yahoo, nice source. And I fire back. Well, no, it's not Yahoo, it's CNBC, and it's the Wall Street Journal, and it's NPR, and it's Forbes, and I put a link to the Forbes article. Now, uh, so this isn't just me babbling on. The Forbes article said essentially what uh, this Reuters post also said. You probably have heard that American corporations have about $1.7 trillion in cash. Well, that number is wrong. They've actually got closer to three times that much money. Early in June, the Federal Reserve released its quarterly flow of funds report. So this report from Reuters TV just goes on to explain that um, corporations in America are sitting on billions of dollars. That's, that's just, that's how it is. And uh, my friend fired back, well, you know, you can't, it's impossible in this economy to, to sit on it. What do you think they're hiding in a big safe somewhere? And I guess what he was implying was that even if it is sitting in an account somewhere, it's still doing something, but it's really not. It's just gaining interest and in going back to the company. Not, in other words, they're not spending it on building factories or hiring people. And you might think, well, if, you know, why hire people if there's no demand? Well, if everybody started like to put money into the economy, in other words, hire people and build factories and stuff like that, yeah, it's a gamble, but then 
they would buy each other's stuff, I would think, right? So I don't know. Maybe I need to talk to an economist over at UC to get this figured out. Anyway, this went back and forth. And the point of it is that I finally said, well, look, you know, I'm at my day job. I shouldn't really be arguing like this uh, and having what my friend Jimmy Dore calls these unproductive Facebook arguments. And I tagged Jimmy Dore in it just so I could credit him for his joke. I, I do that. If I borrow somebody's joke in a Facebook post, I like to credit them, let them know that, you know, we're getting a laugh and that their people are finding their joke amusing. Well, so I unfollowed the post, too, because it was driving me crazy. Every two seconds, I'd get an alert. So-and-so commented on uh, the post. So I unfollowed it. It was about noon. And then 10 o'clock that night, I get a congratulatory phone call from Jimmy Dore, who jumped in on the thread and uh, congratulated me for pointing out uh, our mutual friend's um, BS, I suppose. But, you know... I just thought that was kind of funny, and uh, it dragged on, and then another comedian jumped in on it uh, named Tim Bedore, and he argued along, and finally, I think the last posting was on Friday, so it was a five-day argument that finally devolved into a discussion about the electrical grid. Okay, so uh, that's part one of... It's Facebook, not Factbook. Part two, very quickly, uh, as you know, last year uh, we did a little thing on gun control, and uh, another Facebook friend who, who posts frequently on things political and social posted a story from Yahoo about um, of someone that got shot while they were breaking into somebody's house, and I, I wrote him back. I said, you know, I'm just curious. I'm not, I'm not judging, but I'm just curious if the homeowner had come at the crook with an axe, a crossbow, a bow and arrow, a hammer— would you still be as excited, or are you excited because he he shot the guy? And he never answered my question. Oh, and then I also put, uh, this is important, I put, by the way, uh, the British, you would think, are very liberal, uh, agree with y'all that if you break into somebody's house, uh, you have to understand that they might have a gun and you could get shot. This happened in England uh, about three, four months ago. Uh, this farmer and his wife were at home, middle of the night, someone broke into the house, he grabbed his rifle, because you can have a rifle in uh, the UK, not a handgun, grabbed the rifle, shot the intruder, and there were no charges filed, because the court said, look, if you're going to break into a guy's house, he could have a gun, you're going to get shot. And I pointed that out to people on the post and said, so even the liberal British agree with you. And they would have none of it. They went completely crazy on me. Oh, what, what does Britain have to do with this? And I was—I finally had to calm everybody down and say, no, no, no. I agree with you. I'm showing that the people in Britain agree with you that, you know, guns are legal here. And if you have one and someone breaks into your house, you can use it. Use it all you want. I don't care. Can't we all just agree to agree? And uh, finally they did. And that's Ben. It's Facebook, not Factbook. Tracy Ashley grew up making people laugh, but she wasn't sure how or if she could make comedy a full-time career. So after a series of pretty interesting day jobs, she finally took the plunge in Minneapolis and launched her stand-up comedy career. She has since been on Comedy Central, TV Land, and NBC's Last Comic Standing. Here is our interview with Tracy Ashley. Hey, joining us on PF's Tape Recorder, it's Tracy Ashley. Tracy, how you doing? I'm doing good, Pia. It's been a number of years since we spoke. Uh, I, I, it might have been almost five, and I, I, it actually might have been for an interview, I want to say for Jacksonville and not for Minneapolis. But um, all I remember is I really enjoyed our conversation. And, uh, okay. And when I saw you coming up on the uh, in the roster again for uh, Acme, I thought, wow, I've got to have uh, Tracy on the podcast as well. Oh, yay. Thanks so much. I, um, yeah, I'm really excited to be back at Acme. I, I haven't been there, well, I think it's been a couple of years. I was there for their 20th anniversary yeah. that they had. 
which was fantastic. But uh, this time I'm coming back and getting a chance to actually record my CD, which I've tried to do, That's couldn't right. get it done, and now this time we are doing it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that week. I forgot about that. Yeah, you'll be doing a, a big uh, CD recording. Now, are you recording like across all the nights and, of course, take, taking the best bits, or are you going to... I'm just, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm just going to, we're going to record the week. You know, I'm working with uh, Dan Schlissel of uh, Stand Up Records. Okay. And he does a great job. So we're just going to probably record the week. I'm not sure. He, he might just have one show that's amazing, <laughs> which yeah. is always a comic dream, but I, I'm, I don't know if that'll happen. But we probably will go ahead, you know, dissect the week and maybe pick out some of the best. You know, you know but we'll see what happens. You never know. That's true. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, always, uh, always kind of. Uh, uh, well, it's never a dull moment in comedy. Really, you yeah. never know what's going to happen that night, you know? So we might want to add a crazy heckler in there. Who knows? You know? that, that's funny you should say that because um, we just saw Greg Warren here in Cincinnati. And uh, okay. there were some, I wouldn't say hecklers, but people got a little loud. And it was okay. really weird because uh, I thought, I wonder what would happen if you were recording a CD or something. You know, wouldn't that kind of screw things up? And I know it. The oh, other, Totally. Yeah, the other room in town, Go Bananas, they're recording a CD. They tell you, we're recording a CD. You have to keep mm-hmm. the table talk to a minimum, no shouting stuff out. So they're, they're pretty strict about it there. So I guess when it does happen, I guess they police it well, a little yeah. heavier, But You can't control people with alcohol. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know? yeah. No, they don't care if you're recording a CD. <laughs> you no, know, they, they just want to shout out something at that yeah. moment. The well, great they... thing is nowadays, you can cut them out. It's no big, you know, you can cut them out. But it is irritating when you're on a, you know, a good pace. Right. And you got somebody interrupting you, and they think they're helping you, and you're like, oh, no, I was yeah. on a great pace, you have. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry that, about that. That's okay. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, they, they want to be famous. They think, hey, I'll be, you know, I'll be on, right. the, I'll be on the CD, too. This would be my big shot. <laughs> right, right. Um, now I'm let me, sure they're thinking that. Oh, yeah. So walking back to this, I can't remember how you actually you found yourself in the comedy business. I, I can't remember if it was a case of, like, someone insisted that you should be on stage somewhere, or was it something you'd always wanted to do deep down? something I always wanted to do um, since I was young. You know, I didn't know what it was, though. Like, but I just knew I wanted to make people laugh when I was a kid. And I was always just acting out constantly in school. I had great grades, but my conduct grades were horrible. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you you were funny around friends and stuff like that and and, and trying to crack them up? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, but my it wasn't really my friends telling me to do stand up. I just knew I, I would get on stage and I would have fun on stage, even when I was in high school. Okay. Uh, in college, I was in speech and debate, and the thing that I liked to do the most was after-dinner speaking, which was writing a speech that had a point, but it was also humorous, okay. you know, and I used to yeah. love doing that, and I was in a lot of competitions and stuff like that when I was in college. Okay. So at what point did you realize that this could be a career and you wouldn't have to become like, you know, I don't know, a lawyer or a, an accountant or something <laughs> like that? It really wasn't until, honestly, I was already working, because one thing that did scare me. I hate to admit this, but I remember reading an article where Richard Pryor had said, you know, if you're going to be a comic, you're going to be broke when you first start. You're going to be broke. And I was always like, I I don't want to be broke. So I remember I just went out in corporate America first for a while. And because I was afraid, I think, you know, I was a cruise director. I worked for Norwegian Cruise Lines. I worked for a small cruise line called Dolphin Cruise Lines. Uh, And then uh, I got a job in Minnesota working at a radio station at WCCO when they used to broadcast the Vikings. Okay. And so I was a, a sports salesperson. Uh, and so I always made sure I had exciting jobs, you know, so that yeah. kept me busy. But I knew at some point I was going to have to make that transition to stand-up. And Acme was great because it was right there. 
right by my job, and I would go down there and watch the comics. And then finally I got up and started doing the open mics. And then it was just, you know, the rest is, you know, just following the usual pattern. Yeah. Open mics, and I kept working, and then finally I got tired. And it's funny you mentioned Greg Warren. Uh, I wanted to leave my corporate job and become a stand-up, but I didn't know how to make that segue. Uh-huh. And another comic said, you need to talk to Greg Warren. He used to work for Procter & Gamble, and I'm not trying to put his business out there, but he did, I guess. No, and no, he, that's, a, that's, a, that's a known story. We talked about it when he was on the show last week. <laughs> yeah, and he left that company. Yeah. And he went into pursuit of stand-up and has been very successful. So I didn't even know Greg, and I was given his number, and I called him, and I'll never forget, I called him right after I was at a meeting at my job at WCCO, and I was in the conference room, and no one was in there. And we talked on the phone for about, you know, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he talked to me about you know, how he did it and what I have to do. And I said, when do you know that it's time to do it, to go full time? He said, when you can't stand it anymore. (laughs) He goes, you will be, you won't, you emceeing in town won't be enough for you. You're going to want to get on the road. You're going to want to get out there and your job. It's just, it's just, you won't be able to stand it. And I finally got to that point where I couldn't take it anymore. (laughs) I finally left and put in my resignation and, and went on the road. Did you ever angle since you were kind of uh, in in the entertainment business, you know, with WCCO? Do you ever kind of angle to be, uh, you know, on the air and and go about things that way? Because uh, Jimmy Kimball, of course, started that way, uh, right? As Jimmy, right. The you know, guy. I didn't even I didn't even consider that. You know, there was a lot I learned once I got on the road and started doing stand up. I had learned that there were a lot of comics who did segue from the radio into stand up, and I didn't, you know, I didn't even really think about that. And that's actually something I thought about doing now. You know, getting and doing radio. Yeah, a lot of people do the reverse. Yeah, there's uh, Bill Crawford in Pittsburgh. I think um, was doing stand up, and then he wound up being in radio. And John Heffron was uh, with Danny Bonaducci in Detroit for a long time, but he, he started doing stand up first, got pulled into right. radio, kept doing stand up, and uh, so yeah, that's. Uh, I guess people go go about it all different ways. Well, it's actually something I'm looking into. Like I'm actually doing voiceover work. I, you know, I just started new in that. Um, and it's just gig. something new I've been, it's something I've always also wanted to do, but I said, I'll do that later, you know? So yeah. now I'm actually getting my feet in, into it. I've got a couple of agents and actually doing auditions now. Oh, cool. So it's actually another whole field I'm looking into as well. When I'm doing all these college shows and stuff, that's what these, the students are telling me. They're like, hey, you need a better YouTube presence. I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. Oh, hey, yeah, you need but... a better internet presence. Okay, kids, I'm, get, I'm getting there. <laughs> well, it's so hard <laughs> to know what uh, you know what what's going to be the next thing. It's like, well, YouTube for sure and Twitter, I think, are pretty established, and uh, right. Facebook to an extent. Although I think Twitter is a better uh, better promotional vehicle for comedians. But then you know, people say, well, hey, oh, Pinterest. No, forget Pinterest. Pinterest is dead. Uh, Tumblr. No, not Tumblr. Forget Tumblr. Tumblr's dead. But yep. it's yeah, it's just. I, but I guess Tumblr is a, a way to. Um, it's an easy way to maintain a uh, web page because you can kind of construct yeah. it that way. So, yeah, it's well, just... Yeah, but you know what? It's always changing. There's always right. something new constantly. And you and that's the frustrating part for, for us because you got to always be a part of it. And everybody's always like, oh, you got to be the first one. <laughs> so if you're the first one, then you can get so many fans. And, you know, we're always right. trying to be yeah. that first one. Exactly. <laughs> and we're always jumping on the bandwagon. So sometimes it's like, what else can I do that's a little bit different? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what are the kind of things are you uh, pursuing besides the uh, the voiceover work? Well, just right now, that's voiceover and stand-up, and I was really focusing, you know, getting this. My big deal with this CD is I want to lay some of my jokes to rest. You know, comics, I guess, oh, yeah. get to that point. Sure. And I'm at that point where I want to start going into other things now. And I'm like, okay, let's let's put some of this stuff to rest. 
I'm still doing my colleges. I did over 100 colleges uh, last year, and I'm still finishing up a, a bunch of them now. And I had just a few left coming up in 2013, but I'm going to start doing a lot more comedy club work and start working on the, you know, this, as they say, you get to your voice at some point in, in your career. And I'm starting to hear that a little bit more, and I want to work on that new voice of Tracy Ashley. Uh-huh. And then you, uh, you had a gig with uh, TV Land, as I recall, as well. I did. I did that for a while. That was called TV Land Prime Movies. Uh, that was a wonderful gig. Uh, no longer, that's no longer on the air. I was, I was looking to see if they had anything like that anymore on there. On there. They're doing, looks like they're doing more sitcoms and other stuff like that now. Uh, but that's no longer on. But I did have a great thing happen this past summer. I did get a chance to open for Dave Chappelle. Oh, wow. Uh, he came to Minneapolis on the 4th of August. And I got a call and I got a chance to go out and open for him. And it was crazy because I, I've got like a comedy bucket list of people I would love to open for. Oh, okay. And he's on that list. You know, and these are people I thought, wow, well, this will never happen. Huh. <laughs> and it was great. It was a, a fantastic experience. But he's like the comedy Sasquatch, man. You get, get a sighting of him, and it's just, it's very rare. I, heard, I was talking to a oh, a guy I know, Mark Shalafu. He was, uh, Mark was doing some shows in New York, and uh, and and uh, Chappelle just popped up at the club and went on and did about yep. 15 minutes. Yeah, it's just well, a rare mm-hmm. sighting. It's like, did you really see him? I it is. Know. It really is. And he's still amazing. You know, it's like uh, he, I, I guess they announced it on Wednesday, and the, the tickets were sold out, and that Thursday night was the show, and he came out and he really he delivered. And I don't think anybody left there disappointed. It was a great show, and and I was so excited because the crowd was just. I mean, they were so electric and so happy. Everything you said was golden. So I had like probably one of the sets of my life. Oh yeah, yeah. A nice crowd is nice. <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, so are you? What? Where are you from originally? I'm originally born in uh, Georgia in a small town called Hawkinsville, Georgia, but uh, raised in Miami, Florida. Oh okay. Yeah. All so I'm right. actually grew up you know down south. But went to college in Ohio at Heidelberg College in Tiffin, Ohio, okay. and uh, but have always loved That's the Midwest. That's where um, Brian Regan went to uh, Heidelberg. No, he didn't go to Heidelberg. He, went he to... did. But the, he did go to Heidelberg. He did. I was uh, getting... Years before me, and That's it's right. funny you say that because when I did the Chappelle thing, that show that night, the promoter he was from is it Live Nation? Yeah. And we were talking, and he was telling me how he also does shows for Brian Regan. Well, my friend Kermit Apio, he opens oh, yeah. for Brian Regan. Okay. Yeah, and it's also funny. We were all talking. Kermit and I were online talking, and he said, hey, I mentioned your name to Andrew. And he said, oh, wow, Tracy was great. She opened for Chappelle. And then he said, he paid me a nice compliment. And, he, and uh, Kermit said Brian was there. And then I guess and the promoter said, hey, by the way, she went to Heidelberg uh, University. And I was like, was he impressed? And they were like, yeah, he smiled. And he said, <laughs> hopefully you guys will meet someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always have to think for a minute because I always get Heidelberg confused with Ohio Northern, which is where my best friend's brother went. Yeah, and, uh, we went I know Bo- Ohio Northern. Yeah, we yep. went to Bowling Green. Uh, okay, but, oh, uh, I know you guys. We used to compete against you guys in speech and debate. Yeah, but um, yeah, but uh, his brother John went to um, went to Ohio Northern. So I always, for some reason, for I momentarily confuse the two because they're um, you know, I guess there's like that triangle of Ohio Northern, uh, Heidelberg, and BG. Uh, right. Up there in, in Northwest Ohio, and yeah. So. Yeah, I actually did a show at Bowling Green. Oh yeah, where at the, at the uh, campus? Yeah, I did a show. Uh, I, one of my runs, I, I cannot oh, okay. remember. I did a bunch of shows in Ohio, and Heidelberg was on there, and it was fantastic because I got a chance to go back to my alma mater. Oh uh, yeah, they had the show in the theater, and it was really awesome. And I was doing a bunch of shows in Ohio for two weeks, so I made a stop to Bowling Green, and that was a fun show. I remember, and I remember there was a <laughs> there was an older gentleman there. It was so odd because you know it was a college show. 
and there was an older guy, and he had my headshot. Hmm. And he'd like printed it, and he came up and he wanted my autograph. And he said, he actually said he'd seen you on Last Comic Standing. Oh, there you go. Pretty funny, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, us comedy nerds, you know, we. There's, yep. all, there's all kinds yep. of people. There's um. I appreciate it. I loved it. It was interesting, but it was but it was so funny because he was such an older guy. You know, yeah, like you yeah. never know what you're. You're like, is this my demo? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's strange. Because there's a, a couple of people I still want to interview yet or or see. And there's there's one guy who works out west a lot, and um, mm-hmm. I guess he had a lot of work out west. You might you, you might know him from your travels out west. Uh, uh, Dwayne Kennedy, I believe, is his name. Oh, I he know was, Dwayne Kennedy. He was yes, on last Dwayne comic. Kennedy. Wasn't Dwayne Kennedy? He was on. Uh, if we're thinking the same person, um, he was on Last Comic Standing. Yes, he, yeah, that, that's how I saw him. And I made, we used to make this list when uh, Last Comic was on because my wife and I are big comedy fans. We thought, well, this will be a good way to see who we should check out. You know, both on cable and when they come come through town. And I put Dwayne on my list and figured, well, hopefully, I can interview him sometime when he comes to a town uh, that I write for. And he's never been in uh-huh. Minneapolis or Cincinnati or uh, when I wrote for Cleveland. I was always oh, kept really? looking. Yeah, and I, I oh. look at his tour schedule. It seems he mostly works out west. So. Mm-hmm. One of these days, but I was always in. Imp- I can see that. One of my favorite uh, last comic uh, guys that um, that really was under the radar had some really funny stuff, but I don't think either people didn't get it or the judges didn't get it. But yeah, that that dude's hilarious. Oh, but he's you know it was funny you say that because he's also been a comic that other comics look up to as well. Oh, okay. You know when I got yeah. a chance to hang out with him, ah. I was like, wow, I'm hanging out with Dwayne Kennedy. You know, he was just just really nice nice guy, but just brilliant. He really is a great mm-hmm. writer, and I saw him yeah. on Letterman. And that's where I got a chance to see him. And I also saw his special on Comedy Central years ago. Also. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, so he's, uh, yeah, he's just, other comics just really admire him as well. Well, now that the podcast is getting more hits, maybe I can just, you know, hit him up based on that. You know, maybe we can, we'll get mm-hmm. him on the show. All right, well, cool. Of course, the, the print well, part yes, is... I wish I had some more amazing things to talk to you about. Oh, but, that's... you know, uh, I, I, in, in the future, we hope that something more will be happening in, in my crazy career. Maybe after the CD and maybe yeah, there'll be yeah, some yeah. more TV on my horizon. Sure, and we'll uh, we'll promote when that's out uh, as well, and let let the folks know. Um, and hopefully we can get you down here to Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I have I've worked at the um, what's that club? Is it the one on the Newport? Funny, funny, yeah, funny bone? bone on the levee. Yeah, yeah, I have worked there before, and I uh, actually am was talking to the people that booked there, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'll probably look to try to get booked there in 2013. Oh, perfect. Okay, we'll get you some ink down here then, and then uh, we'll yep. come out and check out your show too. Okay, perfect. Great. I would, that would be great. You gotta be my guest. Awesome. Well, thanks, Tracy. Thanks for taking the time today. All right, you take care. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Again to Tracy Ashley for being on the show. You can catch Tracy at the Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. Uh, let me see, Tuesday, December 18th through Saturday, December 22nd. And you can also find out all things Tracy Ashley at tracyashley.com. There is an E in Tracy, of course. Now, uh, as we stated earlier, there's going to be some kind of big announcement here. Well, here it is. And uh, we have someone, a uh, special guest, to make the big announcement. And here it is. All right, joining us on the line, uh, you probably know uh, who this person is, but sir, could you please identify yourself? <laughs> What's up, PF? It's Josh Sneed. How are you? Pretty good, man. All right, and uh, after what seems like months of work, we have an exciting announcement uh, of particular interest to folks in or from uh, Northeast Ohio and greater Cleveland. 
Yeah, actually, uh, actually, I hope it'll be of interest to people in whatever city they're in. But yes. for the uh, immediate future, definitely the Cleveland people will want to listen up. Um, about a year ago, uh, my buddy and I launched a website in Cincinnati called Cincy Shirts, where we basically took b- logos from you know restaurants, bars, nightclubs that everybody remembered from when they were kids or in college, and some even earlier than that. Uh, but that aren't around anymore. And uh, we took those logos and uh, put them onto T-shirts and hoodies and things of that nature, and everybody loved them because Cincinnati is such a nostalgic town and people have a passion for for the history. Um, So we thought, well, why not build a website where we could do the same thing and have unlimited other cities? And so we launched Home Shirts yesterday, and Cleveland was one of the shirts, uh, was one of the cities that we launched with. So there's a ton of old school Cleveland uh, logos in there, and uh, and it's just going to grow and grow. And we'll be adding other cities. We have some for Indy, of course. Cincy's already on there, and in the very near future, we'll be adding St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Milwaukee, and Philly. And then who knows from there? There you go. Yeah, and it's neat too because even though we've uh become kind of a homogeneous society. You know, there's an Applebee's on every corner in every uh, town in America. But um, there's still things that still make each city just a little bit unique. Absolutely. You know, and that's kind of what we discovered. And, you know, the the idea started with, uh, you know, defunct sports teams. Right. You know, Cincinnati, as I'm sure Cleveland as well, has had its share of of uh, minor league hockey and soccer and yep. uh teams of that nature come through town and um and you know like for us uh you know the cyclones luckily are still around but that was the first hockey team that i remember cheering for but for a lot of other people it was the cincinnati stingers the stingers so, you got it uh, baby. people were thrilled to see a, a stinger shirt on yeah. the website and uh with your help uh, we've been able to uh to identify similar things in cleveland yep that i'm hoping people will uh will be into and of course, there's plenty of room uh, for people to give us suggestions on the things that we've missed, absolutely, or things that they would like to see, as well as uh, you know businesses that are still around. So if anybody out there has a connection to uh, to a business, big or small, in any of those cities or or, or a city of uh, of a different nature, then uh, please let us know, and we'll yeah. do our best to get them onto the site. Yeah, great. Okay. Well, we'll have uh, links, of course, on the Podbean page as always. And uh, Josh, thanks for joining us to make the big announcement. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for uh, for letting me make the big announcement. Cool. And, and uh, uh, we'll have let your tour. Us know what we can do for you, brother. Cool, man. And we'll have your uh, tour dates posted as well. Um, I think you're in what Columbus this weekend, the weekend the podcast actually drops. But then, where are you after that? I'm in uh, Hartford, Connecticut next week, oh, okay. followed by Dayton, Ohio, the week before Christmas, and then I get to spend New Year's. Don't get jealous in lovely Des Moines, Iowa. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. Well, thanks again, Josh. We'll talk to you later. All right. See you. Bye. Okay, thanks to Josh Need for making that big announcement. And uh, the way this whole thing ties into PS Tape Recorder, actually, is that we're going to kind of be the uh, sales reps and uh, provide some backroom support, as it were, for the Cleveland site uh, and as far as providing ideas for shirts and doing the descriptions of the shirts and so forth because, of course, uh, I grew up in the Cleveland area, as did my wife. So if you want to check out the site, just go to homeshirtsitsalloneword.com, and then you'll see a tab for 
Cincinnati, a tab for Cleveland, and one for Indianapolis because uh, some Indianapolis shirts are going up now. So that will be the next market that uh, those guys are going to explore. And uh, I guess uh, Home Shirts Cleveland will now become a uh, de facto sponsor of PS Tape Recorder. So uh, go and check it out. If you know someone from Cleveland or just want to see what kind of things used to be in Cleveland, there are a lot of uh, defunct sports teams on there like the Crusaders and the Cleveland Force soccer team. If you're into that kind of thing like I am, you might enjoy looking at that. So uh, go check that out. Buy some Christmas gifts for your loved ones. And uh, in the meantime, like this podcast on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. PS Tape Recorder logo designed by Dan Coble. Uh, you can find him at Tiger Dactyl on Twitter. Music composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Uh, I believe that is all the business we have at hand for this week, other than to say so long and thanks for listening.